Thanks, as always, for listening to Behind the Screen. Here is part two of our interview with Maestro Jerry Schwartz. I kind of want to touch a little bit more on, on the, the whole tenure uh, process because, again, it is such a big... I mean, winning an, winning an audition is just the first step, you know? I mean, ultimately, you, you've got to be able to go, get through your, you know, 16, 18, 24 months of the tenure process. So you did say that you, in your time in Seattle, you, everybody that, that won an audition actually got tenure. Yes. But what was the process like there? What did they have to do? Well, the tenure process was, it, it, it had to do with how do they play? You know, if it's a, especially a solo player, if it's a solo horn, let's say, and the person ends up missing half the notes, well, then obviously they're not going to get tenure. Yeah. But if you're smart about how you choose, you won't get someone like that. Getting along with the others is very important. And so mm-hmm. the tenure issue always is a, 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 is a combination of discussion between the committee, the section, uh, the audition committee, and the conductor. And if you choose well, uh, I think it's hard to imagine that one shouldn't get tenure, except right. if you have issues. You can have a player who has nerves. So they get through the audition, they play great, they do a, a week or two. You know, in Europe, they do a lot of uh, trials. So the trials, much more, we're doing them more now here too. But yeah. uh, in Liverpool, it was very simple. You just, you just have trials. You just put people in the section and see how they do uh, for a few weeks. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a long process. I mean, I remember... I had to change the rules because we had a base opening once and they had so many people because of kind of a friend having trials that by the time we picked someone, the person taking another job at another orchestra a year and a half later. <laughs> so, so we had to reduce the number of people that we would do trials with. And, sure. and but they were, they, they make their own rules. Every orchestra makes their own rules. The 10 year right. thing is a, it's become a, a bigger deal now. If you have the attitude, well, you can always, not you know, take someone, but you're not going to. You can always decide uh, yeah. if they're going to fit uh, during the tenure process. Oh boy, I, I feel badly about that because I don't want people to come to an orchestra and then a few years later, after they've settled in, get get fired. On the other yeah. hand, usually after a certain amount of time, six months or a year, it's everybody knows you know what's going on. You, you know, know yeah. the person's not going to fit in. Agree, uh, and so, yeah. but but it's uh, it's become a much bigger deal than it used to be. I know. And when I I remember my tenure process when I was in New York Philharmonic was very funny because I think it was two years, and of course I was aware the date April first or whatever the date was, and and the date the day before you know came about, and and I hadn't heard a word. I went to the person, the manager Chambers, and I said, Jimmy. Uh, my tenure uh, decision is supposed to be tomorrow. Do you want to give me any uh, any feedback? <laughs> and he said, oh, really? Tomorrow? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and he quickly got a bunch of people together and gave me tenure. But but it was like it, it wasn't a big deal. People weren't even thinking much about that. Now yeah. it's different. And you do hear about great players who don't get tenure. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know. For the stories that I've heard, it's – there's not a lot of feedback. You 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 mentioned you didn't get any feedback, you know, about and all of a sudden, you know, okay, well, you've got tenure, but but the the nowadays it's like we you want to know kind of what it is that I'm, you know, the if I'm in a, if I'm in the section and I'm and I'm in the tenure process, I want to know 
what it is that I'm doing. If I'm doing something correctly, great. If I'm not, then let me know so I, I know that I can fix it before all of a sudden you're like, well, no, you didn't do this, this, and this. Okay, and so we're not going to give you tenure. But that's not fair. Like you said, you don't want someone to pick up their life, move to that city, create, a, you know, establish themselves there, and all of a sudden they don't have a job just because they didn't know that they weren't doing something that somebody didn't like. Yeah. Look, I, I agree with you. I think that I'm, I'm, I'm a great believer in communication. Uh, so, for example, anyone who was ever in a final audition of mine in Seattle had the option of having a meeting with me so I could tell them why they didn't get the job. Huh? And I think with the hundreds of people I auditioned, except maybe once, everyone took advantage of that. Yeah, that's very And generous. I sat down with them. <laughs> And I told them why they didn't get it. And it was never because they missed too many notes. You know, when you hear someone say, oh, I missed a few notes, I didn't get the job. You know, we all miss notes. Yeah, that's really, that's really important happen. to hear, though. That's really important for our, for our guests uh, to hear that. It's not, you know, if you miss a note, don't stop playing. Don't stop believing in yourself at that time. You know, it's okay. Recovery is very important. <laughs> yeah, recovery there you is, go. It's a crucial issue. Yes. But I also believe uh, when I was music director there that if, if I, I was having a problem with someone or someone's playing, I, I would absolutely meet with them. It got complicated because when you meet with someone, it you can't just privately say, oh, by the way, Joe or Jill, you know, you're having a little trouble with the intonation here. It's starting to bother me. I, I want you to be aware of this. Be very mm-hmm. careful. The F especially tends to be sharp on your bassoon, you know, or something. And um, uh, because you can't do that privately. You have to then have mm-hmm. the representative of the union, representative right. of the orchestra committee, and representative of management. It's really because it's, it, it, things, people have to take notes. I mean, I don't mind. I, I, I survived that. But it, uh, I still do it. I did it, I should say. Yeah. But it's important to, to communicate. I, I, I think you see, what happens at auditions in our country, especially, is that there's not a lot of communication. So mm. I like that, too. I like to see how people react. I like to see what they think. I like to see. I like to know what they're you – know, you're looking for a job. You forget about orchestra, now, just a general job. And you, you have your resume and you have your yeah. letters of recommendation. You have – people that your employee, possible employer could contact to learn about you. In the orchestra world, very often, all it is is have you play for 20 minutes, and that's it. Yeah, I'm not a believer. I believe that to, to make it, have someone be a good fit, it's good to know more about them than just how they play. It's not to say that that's not the most important thing. It's the same thing with hiring a conductor. You want a great artist as a conductor, but that person needs to have other gifts. Yeah. They need to be able to communicate. They need to be able to be part of the community. They need to know a huge amount about music besides the pieces that they're conducting. No artists. No, there are lots of, of elements. And I think I think that hopefully we're going to get back into a position where you get a, a picture of a, of a person because there are lots of people that can do the job. Uh, sure. Any yep. audition. Now, exactly. someone can say, oh, you know, there's no... There's no flute player who's good enough to be in the Chicago Symphony. Well, it's unlikely. You go through an audition, and you, oh, no one's good enough. Really? Oh, come on. Right. I mean, with all the flute players we're producing, I don't think that's possible. Right. It doesn't mean that there's not someone you can work with. In most jobs, it, it, people grow into the job. I, I remember yeah. when I was in the New York Philharmonic, my, my close uh, friend, John Charmanaro, was the first horn. 
And I was sitting and he played some big solo and it was great. And he preceded me by a couple of years. And uh, the trumpet player sitting next to me said, ah, oh, he's got it now. And I said, uh, what's that? Yeah. He has the confidence. It, it wasn't that he didn't play great. He always played great. Uh -huh. He played great when he was a student. But getting that confidence takes a little time, especially yeah. as a solo wind player. And if you come in young, experience and, and getting, even having a bad concert on occasion and surviving, it's uh, it's really an interesting phenomenon. And, and, and communicating is, I think, of crucial importance. And it means, so for example, someone, you know, with conductors, a lot of conductors call me and they say, what do you, this is my, this is my program. This is, uh -huh. What do you think? Because I'm experienced. And you, you, you want people to be able to go to someone and say, hey, help me out here. What do you think? And it could even be the conductor. Uh, right. If you're having an issue as a player and you, even if you're not tenured, you know, communicate. I think it's, yeah. I, I think we need more of it, not less of it. It's, I, I think we need more of it in life. <laughs> Certainly yeah. need more of it in politics. I, I, yeah, I don't I, care about absolutely. Politics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, so in, in your opinion, though, what do you think? Do you think that it is, it's better? Like if you're, if you're, um, you think it's better to be in a section before you become a solo a principal player to kind of learn how to build and see how things go, learn how to, how to establish yourself and your confidence. Or, I mean, uh, actually, I mean, if you think of Nathaniel, I mean, uh, he's so young. I'm not sure if he ever played in a section other than in at Juilliard. Yeah, he did. He was at, he was at the, at the Washington, uh, oh, that's, opera. Yes, you're right. yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yes, of course it's helpful. If you know the ropes, if you know the environment, it is helpful. There's no yeah. question. Uh, but on the other hand, if you're gifted, you're smart, and and you work hard, you don't have to have that. I, I remember when I joined the American Brass Council, I, I was 17 when I auditioned, and I knew the repertoire. I knew I knew a lot about music at that time. So they weren't taking a, a green 17 year old. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, I had more to offer. Now. Uh, someone else at 17 could just practically be beginner right. <laughs> and they don't Thanks. mature yep. till they're 25. Everybody matures and grows at a different speed and a different time. That's what I always say to students. I, I don't care how old you are. Uh, you may not arrive at your, at your potential until you're 30 or you may arrive when you're 25 or that's why I'm not so interested in, in child prodigies because you hear a violinist at the age of 12, oh, this is the greatest thing. I'm more interested to see how they're going to play when they're 25. Than when they're 12. Yeah. Uh, I want to mm -hmm. I want to see people in a, in a, in a real career and uh, uh, with a tremendous background and knowledge. So, I mean, I think, yes, if you have an option to play in a section for a while and then, uh, move, move up and search, boy, that's great. On the other hand, sometimes that doesn't, you know, you don't have yeah. that possibility. Yeah, that, that fair point, yeah. Sadly, JT and I peaked at around 15 or 16. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you peak, but you stay at that peak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, just, we just didn't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What are your thoughts on the screened audition? We've heard a a lot on both sides of the argument. What is your general feeling? Do you feel like it's a good thing or do you feel like it hinders a conductor, hinders a committee or an orchestra? Or... Well, in my life, I've been very lucky because I never played an audition behind a screen and I never heard an audition behind a screen. Hmm. So in, in Seattle, 
all, all the everything was behind the screen until the finals, right. and then the screen came down, so you could see what the player was doing, so you could actually, you know, make comment. For example, let's say you want to see how flexible they are, and you want to change bowling. Well, how do you know what the bowling is if you can't even see what they're doing? I, if, if there's prejudice, it's a different issue. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. We're not looking for. Pre- I mean, if anyone is prejudiced in any way, you should have screens all the time. On the other hand, now and now there are some people advocating for removing the screen, so you can have a, a little broader, let's say, uh, ability in, in, in your hiring, which is which is a, a very complicated question. Mm-hmm. This whole thing that I think the union got into is fairness, and people talk about fair and. That's, that's the complicated story because what's fair? Right. Who knows? In the old days, they say if you heard uh, someone walking out with high heels on, you knew it was a woman and therefore you didn't want it. Really? Look at the major orchestras now. I think in the New York Philharmonic, 15 or 14 of the first violins are women. I mean, there's no prejudice there. Uh, I don't think anybody has, has uh, in our world has, has prejudice. You're looking for the best possible player. I like those screens because I get to see what they're up to and I get to be able to evaluate and, uh, and make, and if I'm allowed to, to test them in different ways. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I know I think in the net, for example, I don't think they met off, so they don't use any screens ever and or they sure are a great orchestra. Again, yeah, they, 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 they the use, old, they only use screen. They don't, they don't, yeah. That's the right. Met, right yeah. They don't ever bring that down and, right. and that's worked very well for them. Yeah. But it's, it's a, it's a very complicated thing. I, I you know, I'm, I can't give you an up or down uh, answer. I thought the way we did it in mm-hmm. Seattle with screens until the finals was a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember, and I think this is for anyone who takes auditions, the preliminaries are to get rid of you. The finals are to take you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. Yeah. In the preliminaries, you're getting a lot of people auditioning and you want to eliminate people in the finals, you're trying to hire someone. Yeah. And that's a, so when I was auditioning people in the finals, all I wanted to do was find someone. And if someone didn't do something so well, I well, give them another shot. Maybe, maybe uh, it's just a, a moment of nerves. You want, you want to get someone in the earlier rounds. It's not as, it's not as nice. And yeah. there it could be, you miss a few too many notes and they won't pass you through. In the finals, as I said before, it's, it, it's never an issue. Mm-hmm. You're just trying to find someone who's an artist who'll fit in, who you, you, you have fun working with. So I don't know. It's um, it's tough. It's not an easy topic, you know, because there are so many there are so many pros and cons on both sides of the of That's the right. of the issue. That's right. Before we leave, I want to. I just kind of want to. So, and and I know there's not an answer for this. So, but every time I hear somebody talking about oh. I heard this audition and I knew that was a person. They just, they had that something, that special something. I, again, I know there's no answer for this, but what is that special something? And it's like the, the magic uh, special thing that somebody can do because everybody is, like you said, like, for example, you're in, you're in, the, you're in the finals. Let's say the screen is up in the finals still and you're listening to five people. They're all great players, but there's that one that has something that stands out from the others. Typically, what what is that? What do you have an answer for that? I think there is an answer to that. Let, let me first do the instrumental one, and then I'll do the conducting one. Okay. Um, I remember once hearing a, a second horn audition, 
and everybody played great, as you said, but one player had a sound that was just among the most beautiful sounds you ever heard. Mm-hmm. Well, very special. Uh, another time, I remember in, in a violin audition, again, everybody played wonderfully, but one player just turned a phrase so beautifully, mm. so often, that you really wanted that person in your orchestra because of the, of the high level of artistry. So, so um, things do jump out like that. And I remember when I, when I was doing some auditions here at Ross, so we get a lot of conducting, you know, like this year, I had 30 really gifted conductors apply and I had one spot. Boy, you want to talk about tough. Uh, and how do you make that decision? That's for another subject. This is that's not instrumental. But I called a friend of mine who had done a lot of these, uh, Sam Jones, who was for many years in Houston uh, at the Shepherd's School. I think he was the, one of the founders of it. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sam, what do you do? He said, you'll pick someone that has the spark. You'll yeah. see. And sure enough, he was right. All of a sudden, someone has something musically that's commanding. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, that person has the spark. That person has something special. And I think that's what they're talking about when they talk about special or the spark. And I, I think it has more to do with artistry. And it's hard. It's hard when you're playing excerpts out of context, you're not, or even concertos if you don't have accompanists. And, you, and, and, and how do you play, you know, the, the Dathos and Chloe flute solo mm-hmm. in the second suite and make it really special? Well, you can. It is possible. Uh, every flute audition I ever heard plays that perfectly. Not a problem. But every once in a while, someone has a little color, a little something yeah. that they add that just makes you sit up and say, wow, isn't that marvelous? Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to teach. Uh, it's, it, everyone <laughs> doesn't have to have it. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> but there is, there, is, there is such a thing, and, and especially nowadays when you have so many gifted players and so many players yeah. that can do the job. I mean, that's, there's no question. The level so much higher than when I started out. I mean, schools nowadays, they're, they're producing – yeah, like you said, of just a super high level of qualified players for any any orchestra, and you know, in, in, for, in their in their instrument, they could they could uh, they could win a job. Yeah. And it just it just fascinates me. I mean, I never had that special something in the auditions, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But uh, <laughs> I I am always very curious about it. I love seeing it. I and I've heard it. You know, I I've heard it. I haven't been able to put my finger on what it is exactly, but it is something like you said, something that. Yeah, makes yeah. you sit up, makes you yeah. makes you tilt your head a little bit and listen a little bit harder. And I think what it is is that you want to hear more. You want to see what else yeah. they can do, yeah. right? So that's that's what intrigues yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you hear it. You hear it. Uh, I hear it. I, 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 driving in the car, I always listen to serious radio. I love, and then many times I listen. And after an orchestral work, and after a few, or even a few minutes, after a few bars, I just shut it off because I just it's just yeah. the opposite effect. Yeah. But then sometimes you hear something and you, wow, that is fabulous, and 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 you're just you're on the edge of your chair, and and, and it drives over, and you sit in the car and you hear who it is. It's so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it happens all the time, and it that's also very personal. What is thrilling for me and exciting and and, and has that spark may not be for you. 
So yeah. it, 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 it's the same thing with new music. If you hear someone say, oh, I think this piece is so great, and then I listen to it, but really, see, I wonder what they heard in this piece because I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, but it is personal. But, you know, it's like a lot of times, so you, we had we had talked about um, I think you, you, you mentioned, you know, being, just being prepared, you being, having all the knowledge that you can, and it, it takes research and it takes studying and knowing the score and knowing all the parts around you that you're able to do that little something because you know that you can do it there. You, you've studied it. You've, you've, in, you've tried different things. You've been able to, to kind of play around and you felt, and again, like you yeah. said, it's personal. It fits you. This is your personality. Yeah. And yeah. every orchestra is looking That's for right. somebody that, that works within what their sound or their, you know, whatever it is. So, so right. it's, uh, right. yeah, I love the, I, I love the, the, the topic of auditions, obviously. Um, and, I love having someone like you who can help us understand it a little bit better, you know, being on the other side of the screen. You know, I was thinking while we were talking, it, it would be it'd be interesting to have you have you come back and we can we can touch on a little bit more um, about like just the whole, you know, just audition, just listening to the auditions and hearing it. And you can maybe give us give us some more of your 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 stories. You know what would be fun sometimes is to, and I do it. I do it uh, at certain places. I've gone to certain schools, of course, just to hear a bunch of auditions uh, and hear a five minute, yeah. five minute flute audition, a five minute horn, a five minute trumpet, and you can, in five minutes, you can give a huge amount of feedback. You know, you vibrate late all the time, and it makes it sound like there's a swell, mm. or you don't, you 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 never play short enough, or you don't sustain, or you know, I mean, it's so easy to find quickly to find flaw. And, and then sometimes it's, it, sometimes it is that you have a teacher who you believe in, yeah, who just never pointed certain things out. I mean, I, I, I recently worked with a, uh, a flute player who, who vibrated late all the time. And it just, it, it, it was something that mm-hmm. I noticed, you know, I, I corrected it and so forth. But uh, that person does that all the time. And, and has been doing it forever and probably hasn't gotten some jobs because the, the, the line is never a long line because it's interrupted by this, these swells all the time. So it's, it's interesting on the one hand where the level is so high and then the other hand, sometimes you find these really very uh, obvious and simple errors that have never been yeah. corrected. Mm. Um, and, and it, I have to say, sometimes it's better to hear it from a conductor than to hear it from right. your flute teacher or your violin teacher because they don't notice the same things we notice. Sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees, you know, so maybe you're just too close. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, and that, I mean, I remember hearing a horn player not long ago, too many cracks, little cracks, not real cracks. It's not a missed note. It's just a little crack. And it took me a while before that player could actually hear what I was talking about. And then once you hear it, oh God, yeah. I have to fix that <laughs> yeah. somehow because that could cost you the job. But you right. don't even know you're doing it. It's in, it's all yeah. interesting to me. Well, maybe we could solicit some audio yeah. and, uh, and send it to you and then go uh, over it. 
Sure. That would That'd be fun. That would be, That'd fun. be really That'd be fun. fun. We get some uh yeah. we get some volunteers out there. Yeah, anybody anytime. anybody volunteer, let me know. Screen is up at gmail.com and let me just throw this in here real quickly. This podcast and this interview is brought to you by Insight for the Blind, a very special recording studio based in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where over 100 volunteers produce talking books and magazines for the blind and physically handicapped so that all may read. See for yourself at insightfortheblind.org. Matt is the uh, Matt is the CEO of Insight for the Blind. Terrific. Yeah, this has been really great to speak with you. And I know we haven't actually met in person, but I feel like I, you know, I know you so much more now and 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 hopefully we will once once we can get out and actually be in person again. <laughs> I agree. All right, all the best. Thanks. Thank you, Jerry. Go Canes. Thank you. Thank you all, all for listening great. to uh, Behind the Screen. We'll see you next time.